Hey, thank you. Hey, landing, you guys are dismissed. Get out of here, head on over to the venue. I know, I know, you guys don't want to hear me preach, but I scare people according to Debbie, so that's all right. Hey, good evening, I'm Scott. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I'm in recovery from sex addiction and compulsive overeating. Hey, you guys doing good tonight? Yeah. You guys kind of sound like, I've been to a few football games, you kind of sound like the 49er crowds when I go, and they're like, oh, good play, good play. And I'm just saying, as opposed to the Raider crowds where they're just loud and obnoxious. And uh, yeah, so I am a crowd kind of guy, so I say get some coffee, and uh, let's get ready in, uh, for tonight. So I'm pretty excited tonight, uh, but the Niners are doing good this year. They're doing all right. It, I want you to know, all you Niner fans out there know that killed me to say that. You killed me to say that, but the Raiders got a new quarterback. I don't know if you guys saw that. I just saw the announcement. Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite's coming out, and uh, he's going to sling it, dude. He can throw it over the mountains. That's what I hear. So we're ready to go. But um, hey, let me pray for us, and then we'll get started. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for our uh, step work that we get to do. I ask that you just pour your favor out upon us, and that uh, as we take a moment to set aside the troubles of the world, that you'd be glorified, you'd be honored, and this evening uh, we'd be able to hear what we need to hear so we can continue to grow in our recovery and in our walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. So tonight is a great night. We're actually doing a step 10, step 11 lesson. So we're working on our daily inventory as well as our conscious contact with God. So here is a quote, um, hold on, I've got to bring up my brightness, I'm going blind, um, is this, Christianity is not a religion, but it is a relationship. Yes. Christianity is not a religion, but it is a relationship. So many of us, when we step out of our addictions, we step out of the drugs, the alcohol, the porn, the sex, the food, the, the codependency, we had a great relationship with those things. We had a relationship that we would go back to and nurture and nurture and nurture until it totally 100% destroyed us and it brought us to rock bottom and it brought us in these rooms. And we have to take that same energy that we spent on our addictions and pour it into our relationship with Jesus Christ. We have to continue to go back and nurture that. We gotta spend time on our knees praying. We gotta spend time in the word of God. We gotta spend time going to church. We gotta spend time fellowshipping with our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Because if we don't, it's going to die. My son right now is in a long distance relationship. And so he gets really, really grumpy because he's like, I only go to FaceTime like for like five hours today. <laughs> And I'm like, what in the world, man? Five hours? I've never talked to anybody for five hours straight. I would lose, what would I talk about? There's a lot to talk about, but um, that's crazy. But we have to nurture that relationship with God. And hopefully tonight we're gonna dive into that and I'll be able to help you with this journey as you're on. But John chapter 17, verse three says this. 
Um, for Steve that's in the booth, I know you had two lessons up there. Go to the one that is Spartzla. Just heading, heading you up there, Steve. Um, but here's the verse out of John 17, verse 3. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And tonight, we've already gone through steps two and three, where we realize that there's a higher power out there greater than ourselves that can restore us to sanity, and we've surrendered our life and our will over to his care as well. And so we've already done that through the step work. If you're new here, it's your first time here, that's okay. It's steps 10 and 11, it's, it's further along, you'll get there. You're like, I don't even believe in this God, this Jesus. That's okay, that's okay. That's who we claim is our higher power. We just hope that one day you'll be able to do the same as well. You're still welcome here. But here's the thing, now this is eternal life, that you may know, um, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. What a great verse. There's a great, uh, this is a step 11 thing, which is this. We sought through prayer and meditation to prove our conscious contact with God, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. That is step 12, or step 11 um, words. Tonight's principle is uh, the 11th step, and it's seeking and surrendering. Any person who has reached this step sets aside a daily time to seek God and then finds him to be more wonderful than they have ever imagined. That we would set aside time daily to seek after God. Now, I grew up in the church. I grew up going to church. I was in the nursery. I went to a Christian school. I, everything I, I drank from a Christian cow. Everything I did was Christian, it felt like, <laughs> growing up, right? So, um, church was very common to me. But I got to probably a junior in high school, and all of a sudden, the Lord started to prick my heart and say, hey, you need to spend time with me. You need to spend time with me. And I had this passion. I had Pastor Rick Countryman as my youth pastor, phenomenal youth pastor, loved him, still love him. And one of the things he would do is we had this daily devotional that we could pick up from his office every week. We could pick it up when we were at church and we'd get this thing and I think it was called Youth Walk, I think is what it was called. And it was this little magazine you'd get and it'd be a week long and then you go back and you get another one and you'd just Youth Walk and you'd read it and it'd give you a little devotional and then a verse. But that, was, that, that wasn't enough for me at the time. But I realized I went to the bathroom every day. Yes, I'm regular, I know. Wow. And I was like, here's how I can start to create a discipline of spending time with God. And I would bring my Bible into the restroom with me. And when I would spend time taking care of business, I'd always spend time with God. I mean, he's everywhere, so he already is there. So I spent time doing that. And what I started to do is create a discipline in my life to spend time with him. Now, it wasn't a long time. Well, my wife would argue it wasn't a long time, but I spent time going and spending time in his word. But here's the thing, step 11 methods are this. Methods are many principles. Um, methods are many, principles are few. Methods always change, principles never do. And that's by Warren Wiersbe, if you needed to know that quote. So tonight we're gonna start to dive in here. We're gonna start diving in, and this is a message that Scott Miller uh, started to share with us. And there's many of us here 
that do this, and it's called spartzla. What is spartzla? I know it's not a real word, but for us, it's become a word that says this is how we do our time with Jesus. This is how we do a daily time with God, and this is how we do our daily inventory because we're gonna meet with him at least once a day, and this is how we're gonna do it. You can do it any way you want, but I find that a lot of times when I go to church, there's this thought that you gotta spend time with God every day. You gotta spend time with him in the morning. You gotta spend time midday. You gotta spend time with him at night. All these things, but then how? It's not, the Bible isn't a book that you pick up at the library and you only read, okay, here we go, Genesis, and you start working your way through. Dear goodness, Numbers and Leviticus, oh my gosh, right? Now here, that, those are great books. But that's not necessarily something that when you're just starting off that you wanna start with, right? Unless you're a lawyer, and we got a lawyer friend here, but unless you're a lawyer, you, miss, you probably really love the book of Leviticus. I don't know, but oh my goodness, kill me now. Um, I'd much rather spend it in the book of Samuel where he's killing people and slaughtering stuff. Right? That's what I like. I'm a big... I love Viking shows, so that's what I love to, to read about, man. David chopping off heads of Goliath, stuff like that. But here's what Spartzla stands for. The S in Spartzla stands for surrender. Now, we've already done this in step one, mind you. Step one, the first thing is that we would surrender We realize that we're powerless. We've surrendered our life and our will over to the care of God in step three. And once again, we're back to steps 10 and 11. And the first thing we do is that we would surrender. Ideally, whenever you choose to do this, that would be the first thing you do. Maybe when you first get out of bed that you would surrender. Because there's a lot of things I still hold on to. Believe it or not, I walk around maybe and I look confident and people say I look mean and rough and I get it. But really inside, I got hurt and pain that I wrestle with that I hold on to sometimes. And there's times I really struggle with surrendering the fact that I need to be comforted because I'm hurting. And I've got to surrender that and let that go. Some of us are holding on to other people and we've got to surrender that to God. Some of us are holding on to a resentment and we've got to surrender that to God. So the first step is that we would maybe pull out a pen and a journal and a Bible and get a quiet place. And the first thing we do is we maybe write down what we need to surrender to God that day. Maybe it's our schedules. I don't know. But step 11 prayer says this. Lord, grant that I may seek rather than to comfort than to be comforted. To understand than to be understood, to love than to be loved. For it is by self-forgetting that one finds. It is by forgiving that one is forgiven. Some of you are familiar with that. That is AA's uh, step 11 prayer. It's a great prayer. The fact that we would start to seek to serve other people. One of my greatest character defects can be selfishness. I don't know if you struggle with that, but it's there. And this is a great prayer for me to surrender myself over to God and to his will. That he would do with me as he wills. 
right? Step third, three prayer as well. The Romans chapter 12, verse one says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. That we would offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. I use this all the time. You gotta go back in time. You gotta go back. We don't do sacrificial offerings anymore. I'm pretty sure PETA would be after us if we were continuing to do that, right? <laughs> I watch shows and there's things like that, and I'm like, how do they, whoa, whoa, it's weird. But back in the day, back in that time, they would offer a sacrifice. There would be this altar that would be built. And the Israelites, they usually had 12 stones. And on those 12 stones, they would slaughter an animal and put the sacrifice there that would then be burnt. The problem with a living sacrifice is that it gets placed on top of those 12 stones and it crawls right off. Because the pain, the hurt, the anguish, the sacrifice to continue to be up there is really, really difficult. But our first step in this process, as we just read, is to be that living sacrifice and to place ourselves there, that God would be willing to use us in whatever way. And this is our first spiritual act of worship. The symbolism of it, not the literal act of it, by the way. The P in Spartzel is this, is praise. Praise. That we would praise God. That we would, when we open our eyes, we would start to praise God for the things that we see and who he is. Do you remember when you first started that girl or that, started dating that girl or that guy? And they just wooed you and you're like, oh, they're so amazing. <laughs> their hair, their eyes. Right, all those things that we loved about them and we'd praise them and we'd constantly whisper sweet nothings in their ear. Right, all that stuff. That we would start to praise God, that we would actually start to praise him for the sunsets, for the sunrises, for the rain. Even though it rained, it felt like we were Noah and I should have built an ark this last week and a half, but... It stopped, thank goodness. My front yard was flooding, it was awesome. And then we were draining, our, we had a pool and it was getting a little high so we had to drain a little bit out of it. And I started to drain it and then I walked out front to take off my Christmas lights and I realized it was draining into the neighbor's rose garden, it was awesome. <laughs> oh, oh! And so I had to move the hose real quick and it all worked out, it was fine. But um, we have to praise God for these things. We have to praise him, who God is. And the more we read scripture, the more we understand God is love. God is all-knowing. God is all-powerful. God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. He is everywhere. That wherever we go, he is there. I was reading Job with my sons on Monday. And during that time, Job was like, dude, I could go anywhere you're there. Yes, exactly. We cannot escape God. He is everywhere that we would praise him for those wonderful attributes and who he is. That in all the human beings on the earth, he died for us. That while we were still sinners, and everyone in here knows what you did. Well, not everyone knows what you did, but you know what you did, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. 
And God died for you. The worst thing that you've ever done, God still died for your sins. No matter how horrific you may think it is. Matthew chapter 7 Actually, Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Yeah, I'm still on the wrong one. My thing scrolled down. Psalm 103, two, and th- two through five. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies all your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. There's days I wake up and I've been renewed. I'm like, ah, I'm young, I'm 25 again. And I start to go mess around with my kids and after a second, my back goes out. I'm like, I'm done. Uh And I'm once again reminded that my back is out. But just like that renewal that I get, that excitement I get, I can do this. And then I'm reminded I can't. God is there and he will renew us. Renew our hope. Some of us are still walking around depressed, hopeless, and God will renew that hope in you. The A is admit. That we would admit our wrongs. We already do this in step four, right? This is kind of a step 10 issue, but we admit our wrongs. And so the lesson that was uh, supposed to be tonight was daily inventory. And basically you can, you can sum up the daily inventory in three things. It is this. It is that you do a daily inventory, that it is a spot check. You're checking it daily. Here's what I've done. Here's what I've done. Here's what I've done. Here's my list, my inventory. The second way is this, that it would be periodically that you would take a step back and you go, okay, this last month, this is, okay, this is the stuff I've done. And then you do an annual inventory where you take a bigger step back and you look at your last year and you go deeper into that. And that kind of sums up that lesson um, to abbreviate it. But this is what Psalm 139, 23 and 24 says. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And we would admit, we'd maybe ask those questions like, have I hurt anybody? Am I holding on to resentments? Am I, am I behaving in these character defects? Am I being selfish? Am I whatever it may be? Am I being lustful? Am I being prideful? We'd start to admit those things that we've done wrong. Because just because we stepped into a step study and we started to walk down that road doesn't mean that we're ever going to be perfect. It just simply means that we're going to be humble and admit when we're wrong. The R is this, is request. Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. This doesn't mean that you're sitting there requesting God, just please Give me the lotto. I spent hundreds of dollars on the lotto. Will you please let me win the billions? That's not what we're talking about here. That may be your prayer. But that we'd request that, Lord, when we're struggling, that you would come alongside me and you would support me. You would encourage me. You'd help me to reach out in those times of struggle to call my accountability partners, to call my sponsor, that you would give me the words that I need to hear when I show up at Celebrate Recovery tonight. When I open up the Bible, that you would show me through the words that are on that page what I need to hear, that you would help me when I go 
to um, church that I would be encouraged and uplifted, that you would be my hope, not my hope in myself. But they would just start to request that the more time we spend with God, the further we seek after him, the more our heart starts to align with him and we start to have an aligned heart, a symbolic relationship. And so the things he cares about, we care about, and our requests become about that. The, the T is Thanksgiving. Now we're gonna get in uh, about a month, we're gonna have a lesson called Gratitude and that's gonna go into a deeper level. But in your journal, this is where you would start to write out things that you're thankful for. And I would encourage you on a daily basis to write down five to 10 things that you are thankful for. They can be people. I am so thankful that I had a house during all those storms. Some of us in this room have been homeless before. And to be homeless during a storm like that would be miserable. And I start to write down those things. I'm thankful that I have a wife. I'm thankful I have kids. I'm thankful that I have food. But it's not the food I want to eat. I know. But you still have food. I'm thankful I have a job. Still don't know how I keep that, but it's awesome. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says this, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Paul pins these words as he's in prison. How many times when you were in prison did you make a gratitude list? Yeah. She's like, I did. I know. Some of us did. I don't know if I would be able to. I don't know if I'm as strong as you guys in this Paul. I'd probably be complaining the whole time. But that we, in every circumstance, no matter how hurtful, no matter how depressed, no matter how bad of a situation we may be in, that we would actually start to be thankful for things and we'd give thanks to God for them, writing them down. And then here's where we get to Scripture. The S is Scripture. This is the Bible. Now, when I was growing up, I told you I started off daily doing what I did, but then I started to do it at night when I would lay down to go to bed. I would pull out my Bible. I would pull out my concordance, which is a big book here. Um, I'm a Strong's concordance, not a Young's concordance guy. Those of you that are uh, do that, you guys know what I'm talking about, but I'm a Strong's guy. And then I pulled out a, um, a book that was my dad's when he went to college that was basically... Uh, customs of the time, and so I would read a chapter in the old, because here's the deal, I'll give you a secret, if you want to read the Bible in a year, read three chapters a day and you're done. Three chapters a day and you're golden, you will finish the Bible in a year. So I would read a chapter in the Old Testament, I would read a chapter in the New Testament, and then I would read a chapter of the poetry books, which is in the Old Testament, but it's, you know, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Okay. And I would read a chapter of that. And then, as I'm reading, I would look at words that I didn't know what they meant. I'd pull out my concordance, look through, find the Greek word, right? And I would start to, I was a nerd. It's okay. And then I would cross-reference it. How does it, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. Then I would open up the book about the customs of the time. And I'd be like, okay, it's talking about this. Someone's talking about unable to tie Jesus' thongs. What does that mean? 
Okay, that's a sandal. I, I get what that's talking about now. Unworthy to even touch and, and untie his shoes. I get that. And I started to do that. And that's what I used to do. And I did that for years. It was a great head knowledge for me. It puffed me up. I knew scripture. I could quote scripture. I could do lots of different things with scripture. But the problem is it missed 18, 18 inches right here. When I started to get in recovery and I walked across these, this hallway here and I walked into the altar room which the newcomers will go to, I sat down with a gentleman by the name of John Byron and he sat there in this room and he said, hey, let's open up the Bible and we're gonna only read these eight or 18 verses or however many of the word there are. And I was like, dude, this isn't much of a Bible study. Like, what in the world? And then he's like, I'm just gonna read it and I just want you to listen. And he'd read the passage of scripture and I would listen and I'm like... And? <laughs> and he's like, I want you to pick out a word or a phrase that jumps out at you. I started to listen to the word of God with intent. God, what do you want to show me today? And so as the Lord may pull out a word or a phrase that you would write that down and you would say, ah, oh, this is what God wants me to hear today, okay. And then he would read it again. I'm like, we just read this passage. And he would be like, yes, I know, but I want you to think about what this passage means and, and I want you to see how does this passage impact you. And all of a sudden, as I start to work recovery, I have all these feelings. I pull out my feelings vocabulary sheet that we get and I'd start to read that passage, listen to that passage of scripture and all these feelings would be evoked inside me. Whoa, that's weird. I'd write them down. And then he'd read it again. And this time he said, hey, I want you to write down what you think that the Lord wants you to do with this passage of scripture today. And so I would do that. It was amazing to me what God would start to do in my life. And that started to penetrate my heart and create a passion for me to seek after him. It doesn't matter how you study scripture. You can read three chapters a day. You can read for four hours straight. You can listen to it on uh, the Bible app. You can, you can do whatever you want to do. But the important thing is that you start to spend time with the word of God and that you start to write those things down. I gave you a tool on how I do it. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. This is why we do this. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, what word jumped out at you? Some of you are like, rebuking, correcting. That sounds brutal. All the codependents are like, yeah, I'm gonna tell that person that verse. Um, I'm gonna share it on my Facebook and I hope they read it. Yeah, I got them. That's not what it is, but it's the first part that says it is God-breathed and useful for, and goes on through a list. God breathed these words into the life of men as they wrote them down. So if we wanna know God, we gotta know his word, and that's why we read scripture. Whew. Running out of time. L is this, listen. What? Yes, we gotta listen, listen to God. Taking time to sit with it, to digest it, to ruminate over it. 
have a buddy that uh, was in the military, and he said they never gave him a fork or a knife. They gave him a spoon. And they just said, shovel it in, buddy. They'd sit down that X amount of time. We're not talking. That's, if our time with God is like that, where we sit down and, and that's what we do, we may be missing the mark. We have to sit down like the good old English would do and they cut one bite, they put it in their mouth, they set the utensils down, they finish chewing, they pick up their fork, they pick up their knife, they get another cut, then they put it in their mouth, put their utensils down. Oh my gosh, if I had to eat a steak like that, I don't know what, what in the world I would do. Get that goodness in my mouth. What's that? Get in my belly, right? Isn't that? It's a, good times. But God is speaking, and if God is speaking, should we not listen? The creator of the universe, the creator that died for you is speaking, and so we should listen. I have called you friends, John 15, 15 says. John 18, 37. In fact, for this reason I was born, and for this reason I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone is on the side of uh, truth listens to me. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. John also talks about the fact that the sheep know their master's voice. My dog knows when I call it. Let! Let! Do it! Whether or not she chooses to come, but she knows my voice. Do you know your master's voice? I mean, we know the drug when it calls us. We know the porn when it calls us. I hear the food in the refrigerator even though the door's closed, call me. Do you hear the master, the Lord of the universe calling you? The last one is this, is application. What does God desire for you to live out today? How can you apply this to your life today? And you would write that in your journal. And so today, I ask that same question of you. I just gave you a step 10 and 11 way to do this. What does God want from you today? I challenge you with that. I leave you with that. So since I leave you with that, I'm gonna go through Spartzla. I'm gonna give you a focus question and we'll close the serenity prayer and we're out of here. How has doing a daily inventory helped you in your recovery? Great question, and you can even add this question onto it. I'm just throwing everybody a curveball. All the facilitators are panicking. They're getting their pen and paper out right now. Write it down. What does God want you to do today about what he shared with you tonight? Let's stand and close with the serenity prayer. God, Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as the pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life 
and supremely happy with you forever and that. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. See you after group. We got dessert in the foyer afterwards. Love you guys. See ya.